Hello there. I'm John Rhys Davis with Lamplighter Theatre. I'd like to invite you to a place of history, mystery, and new beginnings. But first, there's someone you need to meet. His name, Finian Jones. You might say he's a collector, a collector of words, wisdom, and wonders. Join me, won't you? Oh, and be prepared for an unexpected journey, one you are about to experience. Mr. Benjamin Wasatch, faithful deliverer of letters and assorted packages of delight. Uh, yeah, and bills. Oh. Oh, here you go. Oh, evening. Oh, well, well, not so fast, my friend. Huh? Well, this isn't just any old evening. This is Christmas evening. Uh, right. Uh, uh, well, Merry Christmas. Feliz uh, Navidad, Alvita Zane, uh, so long, farewell, buenas noches, doodaloo. Uh, impressive, but wait. You do realize I have a route to run here? Well, I also realize I'm the last stop on your route. Yeah, so, what do you want me to do? Christmas dance for you? Oh, what are you doing for Christmas, my friend? <laughs> you know what? Will you do me a favor? Mm -hmm. Call it a Christmas present. Oh, most assuredly. I would be glad to oblige yeah, you with it. Just don't meddle, oh. all right? Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I'll tie that up with a pretty bow and put it under my tree. Uh, there's no reason to be ornery, my friend. Well, the season is the reason. Now, if you'll excuse me. Oh, no, I, I think I won't. You won't? <laughs> What, are you going to hold me hostage? You realize holding a mailman hostage is a federal offense. Well, no offense intended, federal or otherwise. But tell me, what are you doing for Christmas, man? All right. You really want to know? I really do. All right, I'll tell you. It's a kind of a long-standing tradition with me. Ah. I take uh, mac and cheese, and then I take bits of red peppers and green peppers, and I eat it. There. Are you satisfied? I know more about you than you think. Really, now? Yeah. Deep down underneath that hard and crusty old curmudgeon exterior is a heart. They, they, it's hard and crusty, old and curmudgeon -y. What's your point? Sid. You're talking to me like I'm a dog. Sid, please, by the fire. <sighs> All right. But make it quick. I got a mac and cheese buffet calling my name. Oh, yes, yes, I understand. More than you know. <clears throat> You've got an artificial leg. Yeah, most everybody in town knows that. Oh, a, a shark attack off the coast? Mm, something like that. Nothing like that. It's what you tell people, but it's not true. Hey, you know, you've got a real-life candle in your window yes, there. Yes. That's, uh, that's quite a fire hazard, you know. Well, the loss of hope is a far more dangerous hazard. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's deep. Did I mention I've got some macaroni and cheese? Did I ever tell you about my great-grandfather? No, but I have this funny feeling you're gonna tell me now. Yes, his name was Todd Witherspoon. Mm. He, he was a mailman in rural Kansas. Mailman. Yeah, that's what they called him back when I was growing up. Ah. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a mailman, oh. not a letter carrier. It oh. makes you sound like you've got a communicable disease. Would you like to hear the story behind that candle, Ben? No. One day, back in 1925, my great-grandfather burst through the doors of the Star House Hotel near the Smoky Hill Valley. 
Christmas, fella. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same to you. Welcome to the Star House Hotel. Will that be room with the bath, sir? Oh, Abram, if you call me sir one more time, I'm gonna start thinking I'm in some kind of uptown establishment. Oh, but you are. Oh, really now? Well, in that case, I'd like me some room service and some of them fancy silk sheets imported from Egypt. <laughs> uh-huh. How about a pillow? Yeah, that's about what I figured. Sure sounds like some kind of beautiful weather to deliver the mail in. Well, for Christmas Eve, this sure ain't no silent night, I can <laughs> tell you that. I got five and six foot drifts blocking the highway. Well, neither snow nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom a night stays Todd Witherspoon <laughs> from the swift completion of his appointed rounds. Well, I really have to give the credit to old Henry. If it wasn't for him, I, I don't know if I'd have made it here alive, let alone made my uh, appointed rounds. <laughs> Ah, uh, you put him up in the stable? Yeah, sure did. Well, you can stay here tonight, you know. Oh, in the stable? Yeah, there's no room for you in the stable. I'll get you a place in the inn. Oh, well, much obliged. Don't mention it. Well, it looks like you, you did save my favorite spot for me by the fire. Mm. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh. Whew, my toes do thank you kindly, Abram. <sighs> Now, you know that I can read you like a book, my friend. Oh, yeah? You know, you can't judge a book by its cover. Mm, nobody's judging, just uh, observing. You're missing your missus. Mm. Well, it's, it's hard. Uh, I know what it is. Everybody all around having such a good time. Singing carols, swapping stories. Sure. I just need a snap out of it, I guess. How about you? You got any favorite carols? Well, well without a doubt, it'd be sad at night. You know, I, I even bought me a photograph recording of that once upon a time. Did you? Yeah. I gave it away to a friend. Oh, wait, Abram. I thought your kiddos were coming home to join you for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Got this, uh, got this telegram this morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, dear Dad, snow stop train in KC. Sorry, can't come. Oh. Miss you, love Gracie. So they won't be home for Christmas. This is a Christmas for firsts. Oh, I am sorry, friend. Oh, but I'll be all right. Christmas is so awfully overdone anyway. You'd think the rich would throw it up and the poor would give it up. You, uh, you want to know the truth of the matter? Always. I can't stand Christmas. Oh, come on now, Abram. Within every man's insides is a memory so beautiful it keeps him warm just thinking about the best Christmas he ever had. Now, now, surely, you, you got one in there someplace. Well, it's been so long I can't remember. How about you? What was that? What was the best Christmas you ever had? Well, the very bestest. Hmm. Hands down, it's, it's got to be the Christmas of 1917. Uh-oh. Uh, this is a tall tale from Todd. <laughs> I better get me the big cup of eggnog. Well, uh, grab one for me, would you? Oh, sure. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, this was, this was during the war, of course. And I know you remember a good many of our boys were overseas in the middle of battle, e even before our country joined the cause. I remember. Yeah, I was delivering a lot more than the Star City Gazette. Mail order catalogs, tractor ads, or pamphlets on diseases of cattle. I was delivering notes, carved out by young boys, 
on the front lines and sent home across miles and miles of ocean. Abram, you ever been up in the Smoky Hill Valley? Uh, no, I don't, don't get up that way very much. Well, you know, life up there is mighty narrow and folks are poor. It's a place where you count your friends by the mailboxes and behind every single one of them mailboxes, well, there's a story, a story of hope, need, or joy, or sorrow. And that's where my happiest Christmas comes from. Measuring happiness by what's inside you, that is. Your financial gifts empower us to spread God's redemptive hope throughout the world. Come visit us at lamplighter.net. Introducing a new educational platform guided by a biblical worldview, Lamplighter Center for the Arts, Leadership and Theology. Here's Lamplighter President, Dr. Mark Handy. In a day driven by fear, Lamplighter is offering a unique educational platform that is based on the foundation of faith and the promises of God. Attend Lamplighter Center for the Arts, Leadership and Theology and receive more than a degree. Receive a biblical worldview that ignites a renaissance of creative excellence that will inspire you to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately and enjoy Him infinitely. Lamplighter Center for the Arts is a choreographic platform that invites an encounter with God's divine power fueled by an intimate knowledge of His Word and galvanized by His promises whereby students will engage in a divine partnership Lamplighter Center for the Arts, Leadership and Theology, now open. Learn more at lamplighter.net or call 888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL. Welcome back to Lamplighter Theater. Whoa, Henry! Ah, good boy. Hello there, Bill. Bill Anderson was a rancher, and so was his daddy and his daddy before that. And there he was, just trying his best to not look too anxious. Like it was his job or something to stand there and guard the mailbox, but I knew what he was really looking for. Howdy, Todd. Hi, Bill. I believe you got yourself some mail here. Oh, I do? Mm, here you go. Hmm. Ah. Nothing but ads trying to sell me stuff I don't need in the first place. Well, don't shoot the messenger now. I'm risking life and limb to get you those ads about Mrs. Mabel's marvelous muffins. I guess I shouldn't be taking it out on you. Well, especially after you try one of those muffins, Bill. Well, I gotta skedaddle. So long, Todd. So long, Bill. Ah, Henry! Oh, I wish I could have given him news, any news, about Bill Jr. But notes from the foxholes in France take a while and a ways to find their way home. Now, up just around the curve from Bill's house was the Gables place. They moved here from Kentucky a long while back. She pretty much kept to herself. Widow, with two boys. Ah, and there was one of them now. Little Tully Gable. Ten years old and one of the brightest, most diligent and imaginative boys you would ever care to meet. Had a mop of light hair, getting darker, and the brightest brown eyes that was ever given to see with. Now, what on earth is that boy up to, Henry? <laughs> I don't know, neither. Well, what do you say we find out? Whoa! Now, you're Tully Gable, am I right? Yes, sir. And what do we have here? Well, we never get no mail. All right. And I figure it's because we ain't got a mailbox. Ooh, got some good logic there. So, I made me one myself. 
out of this here apple box. Well now, Tully, I do hope you know you need the official approval of your official mailman for a handmade mailbox. Uh, I do? Uh, you do. After before my official inspection and all. Hmm. Is it okay? Well, why don't you tell me about this number on here? 33. I put it there because it's my favoritest number in the whole wide world. So I have my brother Toby paint it. I see, I see, I see. Now, now you do know that that's a backwards 33, right? Oh, uh, I know, but don't tell my brother. Understood. I won't. Uh, now, why don't you give me a hammer there, please, sir? Here you are. Hmm. Uh, looks to me like you're gonna need yourself an extra nail right about here. <coughs> there! Now, raise your right hand. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Do you, Tully Gable, hereby, heretofore, and otherwise, wherefore, therefore, promise to preserve and protect this mailbox from all undue harm, including cobwebs, bees' nests, and other critters in the lag? Sure. Yes, sir. Oh. <coughs> yes, sir. <coughs> Tully Gable, I hereby declare that your mailbox, with the auspicious number of 33, is officially approved by the United States Postal Service employee standing before you right now. Wow, thank you. But to make it extra special official, you're gonna need yourself some mail. Um, here we are. Oh, an advertising circular for Dr. Laramie Mugwumps, elixirs, liniments, nostrums, and assorted dental creams. There, your first official piece of mail. Really? Mama is gonna be so proud. Thank you, Mr. Todd. Mm -hmm. <sighs> you're most welcome, Mr. Tully. Will I see you tomorrow? Well, I sure enough hope so. There's bound to be more mail for you. Great. See you tomorrow. Okay, then. Let's go, Henry. Yeah! Your financial gifts empower us to spread God's redemptive hope throughout the world. Come visit us at lamplighter.net. Introducing a new educational platform guided by a biblical worldview, Lamplighter Center for the Arts, Leadership and Theology. Here's Lamplighter President, Dr. Mark Hanby. Attend Lamplighter Center for the Arts and receive more than a degree. Receive a biblical worldview that ignites a renaissance of creative excellence that will inspire you to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately, and enjoy Him infinitely. Learn more at lamplighter.net or call 888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL. Looking for wholesome entertainment for your kids? It's time to turn off the noise and turn on your child's imagination. It's time for My Lamplighter Book and Audio Club. Stories they love. Stories that grow their faith. Choose any Lamplighter book or audio drama you want. Use save from 10 to 40%. You can cancel at any time. And free shipping. Sign up for My Lamplighter Book and Audio Club today. Go to lamplighter.net. Lamplighter.net. Now, back to Lamplighter Theater. Now, next day, I see Tully walking home from school in the deep snow. Now, me and Henry did us some calculating, and we came up with three miles that Tully had to walk from school to home. We also figured we needed to give this boy a ride. They say mail carriers can't do that in some places, well, there never was a postal regulation against being human. Whoa, Henry! 
Hey there, Tully. Hi, Mr. Todd. Now, why don't you come on and hop on the wagon? I'll give you a ride home. Really? <clears throat> Thanks. Oh, you're more than welcome. Yeah. This is grand. Sitting up here, high above the world. <laughs> Mr. Todd, can we pull back? Uh, what are you talking about? Well, when I'm walking home, I plaque. Mm. That's short for play lack. Oh. Here, I'll show you. If that's okay. Oh, I, I want you to go right ahead. See, we can plaque this old mail wagon is uh, a fine chariot. Ooh. And we're in a chariot race just like the Romans. Well, you hear that, Henry? You plaque along too, all right. We all got to plaque to make this work. <laughs> oh, see those rocks on the hill? Yeah, I do. Let's plaque. Those are castles. Okay. And I'm a prince, mm. and you're you're the king uh, of Elfland. Oh. And this is our royal coach. Oh, can I polite? I'm the king of the giants, uh, the king of the mountains. I, I mean, do I really have to be the king of Elfland? Well, that's the fun about polacking. You can polite anything you want. Oh, good. I'm gonna do that then. Well, Tully and me polite all the way home. In fact, by the time we rounded the bend to his house, the little fella had himself a brand new nickname. I think I'm gonna call you polite. That sounds great to me. And here we are, Pilak's castle and estate. Grand royalty. Oh, hold there, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Todd. Oh, now hold on a moment, Pilak. Oh, well, here you go. Your very own Sears and Roebuck catalog. Wow! I don't have to pull like I have one anymore, because I got the real thing right here. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mr. Todd. Oh, you are most entirely welcome. See you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, Plaque. As time went on, we got to know each other on those afternoon rides through the Smoky Hill Valley. All A's and a B. Well, don't that beat all. I'm sure your mama is real proud of you, Plague. There's something you need to know. Oh? What's that? She's not my real mama. What? And Toby? He's not my real brother. Now, what do you mean? Mama picked me up when I was an orphan. Oh, really now? See, Toby? He had an older brother named Tommy, back in Kentucky. And one day before Toby was born, Tommy got himself lost in the mountains. His daddy went out to look for him, but it was really cold out. And it got so cold, he died. And they found Tommy, and he was dead too. And Mom was so sad, so deep sad, when Toby was born, they say it probably did something to him. That's why he's never been in his right mind. He's 31, but he's like a little boy. And Mama says that's the way he'll always be. I'm sorry, Blake. So Mama picked up and left our home in Kentucky. She said she just wanted to forget everything. Well, you never truly forget that way, Blake. Most likely, her heart stayed back in those mountains. But do you think it can still be found? I do, Black.
come the next day, I picked up like, like we always did. Whoa there, Henry! But I could tell right away something was wrong. Hey there, Flag. <sighs> Hello. Giddy up, Henry. Well, now, it looks like you got some clouds blocking your sunshine, my friend. I've never seen you quite so down before. You won't tell me about it. Oh, it's nothing. Hmm. Well, I'm thinking it could be something. Because nothing don't do near what something can do. Hmm? Do I make you happy, Mr. Todd? Oh, Flack, you're the happiest thing that's come into my life in a long while. Do I make my mama happy? I can assure you, you are a boy who would make any mama happy. Then why... It's all right, go ahead. Why can't I make my teacher happy? Miss Ravenstow is the very bestest teacher in the whole wide world. But still, she never, ever smiles. I want to polite she's happy, but I can't. Because she ain't. Well, you just plaque it anyhow. She'll come around. Now, it sure wasn't an easy sell because this was all part of the mystery of Miss Ruth Ravenstone. Uh, she had the biggest deep dark eyes and about the prettiest hair I ever seen. But her face was white as chalk, never a bit of color in her cheeks, never a smile on her lips, just a hard white face with no more show of feeling in it, like a marble woman. But Plack and those other students, well, they just adored her. I remember the day Miss Ruth Ravenstow came to Star City. She came by train late one evening in the fall. Left early the next morning for the school, and Star City never saw her again. Students, I want you to She just lived in that little hovel of a lean-to next to the school, and she poured everything she had into her pupils. And there was good fruit to show. Black didn't just learn his first reader and his numbers. No, no, he learned how to keep his fingernails clean, how to bow his head and say the Lord's Prayer. And he picked up the most amazing scraps of information from listening to the older students reciting. Yes, sir, his big bright eyes were opening up to a whole new world. Students, you have been working very hard on your studies. And as a reward, I have something very special to share. It's under this little blanket. <gasps> Does anyone know what this is? Oh, Miss Ravenstow. Lily? It's a wooden box with a funny horn on it. Thank you. Anyone else? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Tully? It's a treasure box. In a way, it very much is a treasure box. This disc is called a record, and when you put it inside the box, the box plays music for you. Wow. Here. And now, the <gasps> marriage of Figaro, played by the Edison Concert Band. Is there a little man inside there? This is called a phonograph, a treasure box of music. Oh, Miss Ravenstone. Yes, Tully. 
Can you play my old Kentucky home? That's my mama's most favorite song in the whole wide world. Mm, I'm sorry, I don't have that recording. But I have many others you all will enjoy as well. I tried everything I can think of to make her happy. I picked her flowers, I made her a card, I even sang a song for her. Well. All the things that makes Mama happy. But still, she never, ever smiles. Well, I'm not going to promise anything, but let me see if there's something I can do. Howdy. Hello. Hello. May I help you? Oh, yes, ma'am. Todd Witherspoon, your male carrier. I, I was a female carrier once, <laughs> until she asked me to put her down. <laughs> oh, that was that was my wife, you see. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yes, sir. May I help you? Oh, I think you'd better. You know, they loved that one down at the barber shop. Mm-hmm. It was amusing. Well, you do belly laugh a bit different than most folks. Uh, was there some mail for me, perhaps? Oh, 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 mail. Yes, of course. Uh, right here. Oh, teacher reports. Well, Mrs. Mabel sent you something, too. Uh, Mrs. Mabel? Yeah, it's an ad for her marvelous muffins. Oh, yes, I see. Yes, sir. I tried my best to cheer her up, but there wasn't any change in that pretty, sad face. And there was something more. I could see that she was starving for something. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was determined I was going to help her find it, whatever it was. You've been listening to The Candle in the Window, selected from the Lamplighter Family Collection of Rare Books. As a nonprofit ministry, we depend on the support of our listeners like you who believe in our mission. Your gifts are tax deductible and your prayers essential as we build Christ-like character one story at a time. For a copy of the book, The Candle in the Window, or if you'd like this audio drama for your family collection, visit us online at lamplighter.net or call 1-888-246-7735. And now for a look at our next visit on Lamplighter Theater. Well, we ought to put candles in our windows. That's a sign that we still remember what that special night means to the world. We are going to put a candle in our window everybody's window as a sign that the light of the world has come. Toby! If we don't find him soon, he could freeze to death tonight. Here's John Reese davis We've enjoyed our visit with you. Come back soon. You're always welcome here at Lamplighter Theatre. Well, hello there. It's good to have you back. You're always welcome here at Lamplighter Theatre. On our last visit, 
Did I ever tell you about my great-grandfather? No, but I have this funny feeling you're gonna tell me now. Yes, his name was Todd Witherspoon. Mm. He, he was a mailman in rural Kansas. Now, why don't you come on and hop on the wagon? I'll give you a ride home. Really? Thanks. Oh, you're more than welcome. Yeah! This is grand. Sitting up here, high above the world. <laughs> Mr. Todd, can we pull out? Uh, what are you talking about? Well, when I'm walking home, I plaque. That's short for play lack. Well, come the next day, I picked up plaque, like we always did. But I could tell right away something was wrong. Miss Ravenstow is the very bestest teacher in the whole wide world. But still, she never, ever smiles. This was all part of the mystery of Miss Ruth Ravenstone. She had the biggest deep dark eyes and about the prettiest hair I ever seen. But her face was white as chalk. Never a bit of color in her cheeks. Never a smile on her lips. Just a hard white face with no more show of feeling in it. Let me see if there's something I can do. Uh, was there some mail for me, perhaps? I could see that she was starving for something. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was determined I was gonna help her find it, whatever it was. So, Black, Christmas is coming up. Yes, sir, I love Christmas. Oh, well, what does your family do for Christmas, huh? Well, Mama gets up early, early, early in the morning. Uh -huh. And she fries up Christmas flapjacks for Toby and me. Mmm, it's what she does every Christmas morning. I see. It's her Christmas gift to us. Mm. And Mama makes the bestest flapjacks in the whole wide world. <laughs> I sure wish I could get her a gift. I know just what it would be, too. Oh, tell me. Well, Mama loves music so much, I'd get her a phonograph. Just like the one Miss Ravenstow has. But... I know I can't never get one. Really, now? Well, Flack, when you grow up to be a big man, you can help your mama get a lot of things she needs. And some things that she wants, like a phonograph. But when I grow up, won't I be like Toby? Hmm. And have to be looked after like him? Well, no, Flack. You won't never be like Toby. You're gonna grow up and know a lot and love a lot, too. And just like Jesus, when he was growing up, the good book says that he grew in wisdom and favor and stature with God and man. But I don't want to be a statue. <laughs> no, a statue means how tall you're going to be. And when you get tall and strong, you're going to take good care of your mama because she may not be as strong as she is now. And I'm going to do it, too. <laughs> you just watch. I'm going to grow up and take real good care of mama, just like you said. Well, I have no doubt. <gasps> and I know what I'm going to get mama for Christmas. Really? What is it? Promise you won't tell nobody? I won't. Shh. You gotta keep it a secret. Shh. You got it. I'm gonna plaque. I'm a phonograph myself. Oh, wait, what? Right after she fixes her Christmas flapjacks, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna sing my old Kentucky home for her. <laughs> right there on Christmas morning. And now I'll have a Christmas gift for her. Why, Black, that's a beautiful thing. And Mama will sit there and she'll just smile. 
the way she does. And she'll wipe her eye with her apron the way she does. Oh. What's wrong? Just wishing. Wishing what? I just wishing I could make Miss Ravenstow smile like that. Miss Ravenstow. Hello, Mr. Witherspoon. Good day with the kiddos. They were a bit more rambunctious than usual. <laughs> oh, that's probably the excitement of Christmas getting to them. That was my conclusion as well. Well, don't you let it trouble you. You are doing a mighty fine job with those young'uns. You see, District 33 is very blessed to have a teacher of your caliber. Well, I guess I'd best be getting along. You have yourself a good evening, Miss Ravenstow. Thank you. And I'm going to try my best to bring you a letter tomorrow. Is that all right? There is no letter to come, Mr. Witherspoon. Why, what, what do you mean? No one who could write to me knows where I am. I can neither help nor be helped anywhere. Oh, but you oughtn't bury yourself, dear, while you're still alive. Look, I don't know what you're going through, but whatever it is, you gotta know you're going through it for somebody else besides yourself. Because one day, you're gonna be able to comfort others with the comfort that you found. Well, that's something I learned myself. The pain is never wasted. Thank you, Mr. Witherspoon. You know, here, I, I, I've got something for you. A candle? When I was a little tag, well, about Tully's age, I used to get a kick out of doing something that I considered very special every Christmas Eve. You see, I'd light a candle in each one of our windows, and I'd go stand outside at night and just watch the windows glow with light. Now I'm thinking when Christmas Eve comes, well, we ought to put candles in our windows as a sign that we still remember what that special night means to the world. Might just do some good. Perhaps it will. Oh, there you go. Or others. Hmm? Oh, what will it mean to the world, the 25th of December, 1917? This world has never been so full of hate before. And suppose if I should happen to light one, who would ever see my candle out in this faraway place? Well, you can call me an old-style codger, Miss Ravenstow, but may I say there's one who always sees. And in a world full of hate, he, he came to love. He loved us so much, he came as a babe. And then he gave up his life for us. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Well, that's the way he put it, and that's the love I remember. Whenever I see a, a candle in the window, I do wish you'd try it, for your own sake, and, and, and who knows? It, I just make you a little speck happier. I thank you for your kindness, Mr. Witherspoon. Now, for a moment, I saw the strangest sort of look in her big dark eyes. It was like God was showing me into a very soul. That look in her eyes haunted me all the way back into town that night. It was like I could see her eyes every way I turned. Every shadow by the trail seemed to hold her face. 
there was a slow-growing desperation in those eyes that I just couldn't mistake. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't put it out of my mind. At Lamplighter Theatre, we're producing stories with a purpose. Stories that give biblical insight into parenting, character, and a Christian worldview. You can be part of taking these stories into more parts of the world than ever before. Learn how at lamplighter.net. Introducing a new educational platform guided by a biblical worldview. Lamplighter Center for the Arts, Leadership and Theology. Here's Lamplighter President Dr. Mark Hanby. Attend Lamplighter Center for the Arts and receive more than a degree. Receive a biblical worldview that ignites a renaissance of creative excellence that will inspire you to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately, and enjoy Him infinitely. Learn more at lamplighter.net or call 888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL. Welcome back to Lamplighter Theatre. It was three days before Christmas, just about winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. I was running late on account of all the extra Christmas mail, and the dark was dropping down fast. Plus, I could feel a storm coming. Oh there, Henry! We pulled up to the long path which led down to the Gables Place, and I was starting to feel uneasy. What's wrong, Mr. Todd? Flag, how long is this path going back to your house? I don't know, maybe a mile. Mm. With this dark coming in so fast, I don't feel right just letting you wander off into that canyon all by your lonesome. I'll be all right. <clears throat> I do it all the time. Oh, I know you do, but not in the dark. And not with a storm on the way. I'll tell you what. I can't let Henry take the car down the canyon. It's too treacherous for him, you understand? So, how about you and I take a walk together? Hmm? That would be grand. Well, all right, then. It's settled. So, this is the path that you take to get... Oh, no! What's wrong? Toby! Toby, what are you doing? Is that your brother? He's right down there, see? He's just wandering around. Oh, we've got to get to him before this storm sets in. Hurry! Toby! No! Why is he running away? He thinks we're playing hide-and-seek. It's his favorite game. Hide-and-seek? If we don't find him soon, he could freeze to death tonight. Now, hold, hold on. Let's think this through. How can we use hide-and-seek to our advantage? Any ideas? Got it. Okay, Toby. Ready or not, here I come. Base is the front porch. First person there wins the game. I am going to win. Oh, no! <laughs> I did it, Tully. I did it. You sure did, Toby. You're so good at hide-and-seek. You're the best. The bestest in the whole wide world. Oh, that, that's right. I'm the bestest in the whole wide world because my little brother said so. Toby, this is my friend, Mr. Todd. Hello, my friend, Mr. Todd. It's good to meet you, Toby. Oh, my Toby. <laughs> Son, where you been off to, huh? I've been looking all over for oh, you. Well, I, I, I won. I won the hide-and-seek, Mama. All right, then. You get on inside and wash your hands for supper. Yes, ma'am. He almost got lost in the canyon, Mama. Oh, that boy. Oh, sir, I'm so grateful you helped find him. 
Oh, I'm happy to help, ma'am. Mama, this is Mr. Todd. Oh, the mail carrier. I kind of figured. And an honor it is to meet you, ma'am. Tully, you go and wash up now. Yes, ma'am. Merry Christmas, Mr. Todd. Oh, thank you. And Merry Christmas to you, Plaque. And also to you, Mrs. Gable. Same to you, Mr. Witherspoon. If I can just keep Toby and Tully from freezing and the stock fed and watered and a bit of food so we won't be starved. Merry Christmas, so... Uh, well, that's all we can hope for. Mrs. Gable, I, I do understand, but it seems there must be a way to help children remember the day with a little gleam of joy once they're all grown up. Well, we ain't got much. And that's the thing. It, it shouldn't take much. Mm, such as? Such as? Well, it, it could be nothing more than a candle in the window. Just a token of thanks for the love he showed us that holy night. Coming into this world as a babe. A light reaching out in the dark. Just like the star that guided the wise men. Now I can tell you from experience, ma'am. A child never forgets those kind of things. Things like a candle in the window. Never does. Well, if you ain't even got the candle, no matter how willing and hopeful you are, what you gonna do then, Mr. Witherspoon? Well, I believe where the mind is willing to carry a bit of Christmas sweetness in it, somehow the candle comes. Even in a world at war, with all the hating and killing going on, and it seems like Christ is all but for God, he still does shine his love. It's a nice thought, Mr. Todd. It's been nice to meet you. Thanks for all you're doing to encourage Tully. Oh, it is not only my honor, it is my joy, ma'am. So long to you now. Bye now. Merry Christmas to all of you. A Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Todd. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, my friend, Mr. Todd. <laughs> and to you, my friend, Toby. Your financial gifts empower us to spread God's redemptive hope throughout the world. Come visit us at lamplighter.net. Introducing a new educational platform guided by a biblical worldview, Lamplighter Center for the Arts, Leadership and Theology. Here's Lamplighter President Dr. Mark Handby. Attend Lamplighter Center for the Arts and receive more than a degree. Receive a biblical worldview that ignites a renaissance of creative excellence that will inspire you to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately, and enjoy Him infinitely. Learn more at lamplighter.net or call 888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL. And now... Back to Lamplighter Theater. How you doing there, Henry? Well, don't you worry now. We're, we're almost home. I know you don't like the dark, and I don't blame you. Oh, what a bleak Christmas time this is, Henry. Most of our boys away from home at all, and most folks just too poor to do much. And... And... Henry... Do you know what just occurred to me? No, oh, besides food. I was thinking, what's the use of me preaching to other folks about cheer and goodwill? What's the use of me flapping my yapper, talking about doing little things to make folks happy, when I ain't even lifting a finger to do the same myself? Henry, I love the folks in this valley. You know that. <laughs> and I'm determined to spread the true Christmas spirit in whatever simple way I can. Yes, I am making up my mind right here and right now. I am going to do my part. 
Henry, instead of just sharing free advice, I'm going to share something more. I'm going to take me a good wax candle to every single mailbox on my route. A candle to set up in their windows Christmas Eve, including those far-off, lonely little homes miles apart and out of sight of anybody. That's right. We are going to put a candle in our window, everybody's window, as a sign that the light of the world has come. And his love will never leave us, nor forsake us, no matter how dark it gets. As a sign, we still remember what this night means to the world. That night, I wrapped up one candle for every single mailbox that I had on my route. I wrapped each one carefully in golden paper, and I tied it up with a red silk cord. That cost me more than a red ribbon, but, well, it was worth it. And I put a pretty little Christmas card on it with a picture of a bright star glowing high in the night sky above a small wooden manger with a peaceful baby cuddled up asleep. And here is what it said. Please take this candle with my best wishes. And if you are so inclined, set your candle in the window Christmas Eve and shine a little light to remember the light that came into the world and brought us love and brought us hope. Merry Christmas, Todd Witherspoon. As I wrapped each candle, it occurred to me this idea wasn't just my own. I'll never forget that day. It was the day before Christmas. I froze so near to death I didn't get thawed out proper till along about wheat harvest the next summer. Oh, it was cold enough to make a penguin freeze. Makes me shiver now just to think of that Christmas Eve. Things started out well enough, just sorting mail at the office. As I sifted through all those stacks of letters, my thoughts drifted up the Smoky Hill Valley to Miss Ravenstone. All right, class, we'll begin with Chapter 6. School went right up through Christmas Eve that year. I guess Miss Ravenstone wanted the children with her just as long as she could keep them to herself. I said a prayer for the poor girl as I was slinging my mail together. Oh, there was nothing in the mail for her, of course. In all the cards and letters, there was not a single one to greet her. Not a single one to wish her a Merry Christmas. There was nothing. It got on my nerves more and more, wondering what her story might be. It just didn't seem natural. Even if she did live by herself and she'd forgotten how to smile, <laughs> even with children... There must have been a time back in her life somewhere when she had a pretty Christmas in a pretty home with a pretty fire, nice and cozy. And then, a thrill. Well, looky here. There it was. There was the number 33, plain as I could see, although I couldn't see much with my bleary eyes. 
But sure enough, I held in my hands a letter for the Gables. The first one they ever had. That afternoon, Henry and I delivered a candle and a card to each and every mailbox on our route. It wasn't that the candle was worth so much, it just stood up with its tiny light to shine the words of Christ himself. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, I knew Miss Ravenstow was in for a silent Christmas in her little room off the schoolhouse, all alone in a lonely land. By the time I got to the schoolhouse to pick up Plaque, she'd already said goodbye to all the other children. Yeah, she'd watched every one of those little tykes trudge off and out of sight. Hello, Miss Ravenstow. Hello, Mr. Witherspoon. All right then, Plaque. You ready to go, little fella? Almost. I have to finish coloring this Christmas card for Mama. Oh, I see. Now, what in the world? Excuse me, Plague. Sure. Uh, Miss Ravenstow, can I help you? Oh, Mr. Witherspoon, would you come here for a moment, please? Uh, surely. Inside that sack is my phonograph. What? Tully wanted one so badly for his mama, and it would be better than any gift I could give him if I had one to give. Now, I've taught him how to use it, and I want him to have it for his mama. I shall not want it anymore. Oh, man, how am I going to sneak this into Don't the home? Don't leave it at the mailbox. Take it to the house. Smuggle it in without him seeing it. Tell his mama it's something for Tully, and not to open it till tomorrow morning. I know him well enough to believe he'll be the happiest boy in the valley. Oh, Miss Ravenstow, what a generous act. Goodbye, Mr. Witherspoon. Thank you. All right, then, Plaque. You have yourself a wonderful Christmas. Thanks, Mr. Todd. <clears throat> oh, hang on now. I, I cannot believe I almost forgot this. I've got you an official, real letter right here. A real letter? Really? Sure enough. Third of three? It is a real letter. Yes, it is. You run along home now before this weather turns much worse. All right. Merry Christmas, Mr. Todd. Same to you, Black. Merry Christmas, old Henry. <laughs> yeah, Henry. Oh, just look at him, Henry. He is holding that letter like a treasure. Oh, that's curious. <laughs> yes, it's curious. Black's just standing there staring at that letter. What's he up to? Now, now you're going home, Black. Quick, before the weather gets worse. All right, there he goes. I can just imagine him skipping down that canyon to tell his mom about their first sure enough letter. Oh, Henry, I didn't forget about our secret delivery. We'll come right back to his house after our run. In fact, I'm thinking that... Uh-oh. Just then, a blast of winter came down the valley. Now, the weather had been pretty ugly all day, but now it was getting downright nasty. The wind began to uncurve its long whips to lash the land to pieces. Snow started coming in sideways like stinging needles. But old Henry was tough as a nut and hard as nails with real horse sense. He knew every foot of that crooked winding way through the valley. I never needed to pull his rein to turn right nor left. Henry just knew. 
counting on you, Henry. You gotta pull us through here. Good old Henry saved me that night as the storm busted out of the foothills and began to slam down hard. I struggled through, determined to make every single mailbox. Because, you see, I still had that special delivery to make. Meanwhile, all the world was just rock and roar and dark nothingness. This is the kind of trial where those Bible verses I memorized as a little tyke come springing to life in my mind. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's right, Henry. Amen. Finally, somehow, someway, we finished up our route. Then we doubled back to the gables for our secret delivery. Mrs. Gable? Mr. Todd, are you all right? Come inside. Oh, thank you, ma'am. What have you got there? Ma'am, I am on a Christmas mission, if you know what I mean. Uh, this here is a present for your little boy from Miss Ravenstone. Oh. She said that you must let him open it himself tomorrow morning, and you mustn't let him see it tonight. Oh, and I do hope that your letter brought you good news, by the by. Letter? What letter? Oh, why, the letter that came in the mail for you all today. I gave it to Tully, and I told him to bring it straight home to you. Oh, oh Mrs. Gable. Please don't say it. Tully never came home. Oh, no. Well, I'll tell you what, ma'am. I'm, I'm oh. going to leave Henry in your stable. He's already far past spent for the night. You just hide that box there out of sight. I'm going out there to find your boy. I heard folks say the same thing years ago, before Toby was born. And that was a Christmas Eve, too. Now, don't you worry none, Mrs. Gable. <laughs> I'm going to find him. You've been listening to The Candle in the Window, selected from the Lamplighter Family Collection of Rare Books. As a nonprofit ministry, we depend on the support of our listeners like you who believe in our mission. Your gifts are tax deductible and your prayers essential as we build Christ-like character one story at a time. For a copy of the book, The Candle in the Window, or if you'd like this audio drama for your family collection, visit us online at lamplighter.net or call 1-888-246-7735. And now for a look at our next visit on Lamplighter Theater. First, you need to know something about my story. Take cover! I had a fear catching my throat. It wasn't about me getting lost. It was about me not finding black. I fell to my knees. See, something inside me just gave up. Here's John Reese Davis. We've enjoyed our visit with you. Come back soon. You're always welcome here at Lamplighter Theatre. Well, hello there. It's good to have you back. You're always welcome here at Lamplighter Theatre. On our last visit, 
No one who could write to me knows where I am. I can neither help nor be helped anywhere. Well, we ought to put candles in our windows. That's a sign that we still remember what that special night means to the world. Oh, what will it mean to the world? The 25th of December, 1917. This world has never been so full of hate before. We are gonna put a candle in our window, everybody's window, as a sign that the light of the world has come. Inside that sack is my phonograph. What? Tully wanted one so badly for his mama, and it will be better than any gift I could give him if I had one to give. Now, I've taught him how to use it, and I want him to have it for his mama. Oh, ma'am, how am I gonna sneak this into Don't the home? Don't leave it at the mailbox. Take it to the house. Smuggle it in without him seeing it. Tell his mama it's something for Tully, and not to open it till tomorrow morning. Ma, what have you got there here? Oh, uh, this here's a present for your little boy from Miss Ravenstone. Oh. She said that you must let him open it himself tomorrow morning, and you mustn't let him see it tonight. Oh. oh. Tully never came home. Oh, no. Now, don't you worry now, Mrs. Gable. I'm gonna find him. Out into the pathless, dark, and bitter cold of that stormy night I went, with nothing to trust, save for God's mercy. Then, I had a notion. The schoolhouse! Maybe Plague headed to the schoolhouse! I pushed through. And in the swirling storm, in the terrible dark, I lost my bearings. I had a fear catching my throat. It wasn't about me getting lost. It was about me not finding black. And then, finally, I saw the faint glimmer of a candlelight. Far and wide, here and there, sometimes seen, sometimes lost. Each candle in the window guided my steps on the track. Or else, I could have wandered far off the trail and never survived my trek into the Smoky Hill Valley. But I knew what was ahead of me now. The deepest, darkest part of the valley, where there were no more houses. No more candles to guide me. Now come on, Todd. Push on. Gotta find Black. Gotta find that little boy. I was numb, half-blinded by the cold. Sure of nothing no more. I knew I had to fight on. But at the last turn of the trail, I was utterly lost. All my memory of landmarks vanished. And now a fear gripped every part of my insides. A fear that was eternally cold and black. Dear God in heaven, I am as lost as I've ever been, but I have got to find that boy. I can't do this without you, Lord. <sighs> and then I fell to my knees, but it wasn't to pray. See, something inside me just gave up. I had spent all of me I could. I remembered reading about people who die in the cold. In these last stages, they fall into a sleep and never wake up. But then, a warm thought came to me on that icy wind. 
I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I pictured Little Plague, and I fought back. Fought the cold, fought the dark, fought the clutch of death. And now, faintly, faintly through the snow, I could see a tiny little light. It was so small, I could hardly make it out. It was a light all the same. Christmas candle in the window. The old schoolhouse. That cold, white-faced girl had lit her candle, letting it flare out on the lonely, stall-threshed darkness. She had no idea it would be a matter of life and death, but I knew it now. I was froze till I couldn't move, but how that candlelight began to warm me. I stumbled and staggered up to the schoolhouse, and the candle was my compass. And once there, at the steps, I, I stopped. There was a big fire in the stove, and the room was dark, except for the light through the grate in the stove door, and that Christmas candle. And there she was, Miss Ruth Ravenstone sitting by the fire with a little plaque cuddled up in her arms. And they were singing. But what seemed strangest to me, well, I had to rub my bleary eyes with my frozen paw to make sure I wasn't dead and gone to heaven. For there was Ruth's face in the firelight. But her face was no longer that still cold marble. No. That night in the shadows, her cheeks were just as pink as June roses. And her smile. A man would be willing to be froze nearer to death than I, just to get the memory of that smile. And the red lips, and the pretty white teeth. Picture of it is still tucked away for a keepsake in the storehouse of my mind. Your financial gifts empower us to spread God's redemptive hope throughout the world. Come visit us at lamplighter.net. Introducing a new educational platform guided by a biblical worldview, Lamplighter Center for the Arts, Leadership and Theology. Here's Lamplighter President Dr. Mark Handy. Attend Lamplighter Center for the Arts and receive more than a degree. Receive a biblical worldview that ignites a renaissance of creative excellence that will inspire you to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately, and enjoy Him infinitely. Learn more at lamplighter.net or call 888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL. And now, back to Lamplighter Theater. I wonder who that could be. Oh, what a night! Mr. Todd! Oh, it is good to see you, Black. More than you know, little fella. Now, your mama is worried sick about you. Do you know that? Why'd you come to the schoolhouse? I had to. You had to? Yes, sir. See this letter? Hmm? Well, this is the letter that you were supposed to... Oh, wait, wait, wait. 
this is District 33, not Box 33. You mean that I... I know District 33 meant it was for Miss Ravenstow. Oh, I must have been so bleary-eyed I, I mixed up the address. Once I knew it was hers, I knew I had to deliver it. Just like you would do. But like you... You mean you trudged through all that... that, that awful storm? Well... I plaque she would be so glad of getting a letter, she would finally smile at me. I saw the candles along the way, and they helped me. Then, I saw it. I saw a teacher's candle in the window. And guess what? I didn't have to polite teacher would be happy, because she was, for real. And you know what? No, I don't. I believe she has the prettiest smile in the whole wide world. And I do believe you're right. I'll let you read the letter, Mr. Witherspoon. But first, you need to know something about my story. I lived in eastern Ohio and went to grade school with a very intelligent and charming boy named Hadley Schmidt. We lived near each other, so every day... Hadley and I would walk home to and from school together. As we grew up, we became best friends. Ruthie! Hadley? Hey, can I walk you home? Well, that's appropriate for school time, but this is summer. In addition, you are not using correct grammar. What? It's not can I walk you home, it's may I walk you home. Huh, is that so? Well, let me rephrase it then. Very well. I ain't never going nowhere till you let me walk you home. Close enough. <laughs> Hadley joined the war effort as a motorcycle dispatcher, delivering messages for the military. Stop mean like this. I think you're right. I need to see the lieutenant. You got it. Lieutenant! Hmm. Yeah, something for me? Yes, sir. Huh. This. Well, I see you two already know each other. Yes, sir. We met when we signed up in the States. And curiously enough, our identity tags are just one digit different. <laughs> We're packed with you twins, then, eh? Yes, sir. Hmm. Take cover! Hadley's family received a telegram from Washington. The lieutenant was killed in the attack. Hadley and Terence barely survived. They were captured by the Germans and taken to a prison camp where they were tortured. And that is where my Hadley died. Once I heard the news, all the world went black before my eyes. All I could do from going mad was to burn every bridge behind me and bury myself out of sight. I found this teaching job here, the farthest job I could find away from home, away from everything I knew. I found healing in the touch of children's hands and the sound of children's voices five days a week. 
but the other two days of the week, they were just numb blanks that grew more lonely over time, till it became an act of courage to even light a candle Christmas Eve. And then Tully came to my door tonight, out of the dark and out of the cold. What are you doing here? Are you all right? I'm fine now. Well, come in quickly out of the cold, child. You're practically frozen to death. When I realized what Tully had done, how he traveled all that way through all the storm just to deliver this letter to me, well, my heart couldn't help but know I was loved. And then I looked. The letter was postmarked Washington, D.C., my heart sank. How could there be any worse news than what I already knew? My hands were shaking as I pulled out the letter. And then, my whole body began to shake. Because in that one moment, my whole world changed. At Landwriter Theatre, we're producing stories with a purpose. Stories that give biblical insight into parenting, character, and a Christian worldview. You can be part of taking these stories into more parts of the world than ever before. Learn how at lamplighter.net. Welcome back to Lamplighter Theatre. Vichonsi de Boden, the option! Schnell! Schnell! What the Lord, you scum! Terrence, come on, buddy. We're gonna make it through this. No, no, we won't. They'll torture you as well, my friend. Be prepared. They know you're a dispatcher. But I, I told them nothing. They know. They know. No. You! Uh, me. My friend. He's dead. Schweigen! You will come with me. We have a special kind of interrogation reserved specifically for you. Schnell! I'm looking forward to our conversation. <laughs> Quickly, put on this uniform. What? No time for questions. Hurry! I, I don't understand. Uh, call it the moment of conscience, and don't question me, or I may change my mind. Uh, uh, but why? You do not take directions well. My closest friend, Wilhelm, and I were stationed here in this prison. We knew each other since we were boys. Wilhelm saw the guards here torturing the prisoners. He dared to speak out. So, they took him to the courtyard, and they shot him. Oh, I'm sorry. You are the enemy, but you are also a human being. That is something we seem to forget. We have lost the true heart of our fatherland. Here, let me adjust your collar. Uh, that's much better. Uh, my name is Hadley. I am Carl. 
Now listen closely. When I open the door, make an immediate right. Then you meet the guard. The password is Fatherland for Ima. Once you exit, you will find a rowboat by the riverbank. Take the river south to France before the sun rises. You are losing a lot of blood. Do you think you can make it? With everything I've got. So, my darling Ruth, I have now safely arrived in Paris. There was a case of mistaken identity, a report I was dead, and indeed I was very close to it. But thanks to that German guard, I am alive today. My darling, I am so sorry for the anxiety and grief you've experienced. I do hope this letter finds you well. As soon as they release me from the hospital, I will sail straight home for you. Just the thought of seeing you again is making me stronger by the day. I am looking forward to walking you home. May I? Always yours, Hadley. Well, Miss Ravenstow, I'm, I'm speechless. Which I must say is another miracle altogether. Oh. oh, Mr. Witherspoon, you deliver much more than the mail. You deliver hope. Well, I reckon you might call it a special delivery for a, a special lady. It's something I had lost for a long, long time. I will always remember what you and Tully taught me. Oh, but you do realize, ma'am, you, you made it possible. How? Well, you, you put that candle in your window. And truthfully, I, I never did think you would. Well, what made you do it? Well, I'm a runaway, Mr. Witherspoon. Running away from the darkness. But I could never really escape. I began to think about what you said. That the light of the world came as a baby. As an unselfish act of love. Something tugged at me to take a step. To light that candle to think beyond my own pain and, well, somehow bring hope to someone else. When I lit that candle, something happened inside me. You know, ma'am, when Tully brought you that letter and when Carl saved your Hadley, well, 
They were lighting candles, too. I think I'm finally beginning to understand. You want to know what I think? Yes. Oh, what are you thinking, Plank? I think this is the very bestest Christmas in the whole wide world. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Plank was absolutely right. That was my very bestest Christmas ever. I believe a glimpse of that holy birth glowed in the hearts of those poor folks in the valley on that Christmas Eve. If the poor shall inherit the earth, well, that night we all felt very, very wealthy. Well, for sure, there ain't nobody who can ever tell a story like Todd Witherspoon. You want some more eggnog? Oh, I surely do. Get you some. So you still play the polite game? Well, now and then, I do, Abram. In fact, I'd like to plaque tonight. Plaque, there's a candle burning brightly in a, in a certain window. And that's where a certain little family is gathered. Around an old phonograph. The smiles all around. The end. Well, it's quite a story. Yes, and you have quite a story yourself, Ben. Is that right? Well, why don't you tell me my story sometime? I will. You, Corporal Benjamin Wasatch, were stationed at a secret outpost in the Middle East. What? A man pulled up in a small truck, and he lobbed a hand grenade toward the checkpoint. Without a second thought, you fell on that grenade, and you shielded it from the others nearby. You saved the lives of three men standing there, plus a woman and her four-year-old girl who were seeking refuge. You lost your leg, Ben, and you nearly lost your life. And it happened on Christmas Eve. All right, how did you know that? Well, I have connections with the little bird, and Ben, I, I would love to have the honor of hosting you at my home for Christmas. Oh, no. With family and friends. Yeah, no, 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 thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I really got to get going now, ah. but I appreciate it. Thanks. Ah, well, I, I understand. Uh, if you don't mind, Ben, I have something for you. All right. This. Hmm. The candle. Yes, just to remind you of the love that inspires us all. I'd like to thank you, Ben, for what you did for those people. And thank you for what you did for your country. Greater love hath no man than... Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, uh... Got my mac and cheese waiting for me back at the house. Oh, of course, yes. I'll, I'll just say so long. <laughs> so long, Ben. Uh, Finian. Yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Ben.
God loves pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus Lord at thy Listening to The Candle in the Window, selected from the Lamplighter family collection of rare books. The ancient prophet Isaiah wrote, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. It is our prayer that this light, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, has touched your life through this special presentation. For he came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free free from the pain of their past. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the same shall be delivered. For a copy of the book, The Candle in the Window, or if you'd like this audio drama for your family collection, visit us online at lamplighter.net or call 1-888-246-7735. As a nonprofit ministry, We depend on the support of our listeners, like you, who believe in our mission. Your gifts are tax-deductible, and your prayers essential, as we build Christ-like character, one story at a time. This audio play was adapted and directed by John Fornoff, sound designer, Alan Hurley. Our music was composed by John Campbell. Our cast, Finian Jones, Todd Witherspoon, and Toby were all played by Jess Harnell. Ben Wasach, Abram Starr, and Carl, all played by Jim Meskimen. Lieutenant Johnson was Peter Morton. Tully, Plyke, Gable was played by Colin McCarthy. Miss Ruth Ravenstone and Mrs. Gable were played by Kari Walgren. Hadley, Peter Aldring. Terrence, Scott White. Lily, Lauren Stewart. And Andrew, Andrew Hurley. Additional background actors, the students of the Lamplighter Guild. Recorded at Salami Studios, North Hollywood, and at the Lamplighter Guild, Mohawk, New York. Your producer, John Fornoff. Executive producers, Mark and Deborah Hamby. And your host, John Reese-Davis. We've enjoyed our visit with you. Come back soon. You're always welcome here at Lamplighter Theatre.